Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season, we are inviting you to experience Rhythms of Grace, a season dedicated to discovering spiritual disciplines and learning together how to connect with God and enjoy being in His presence more. Today on the podcast, we have our gal Vivian David back with us again. Uh, she is the spiritual formation support on the Youth for Christ national team and an overall great lady. Vivian talks about time in silence and solitude with God, her time at a monastery where she learned about the practice and how it changes us. So, thank you so much for this time. We just ask that you would be glorified in and through this. We love you. Mm. Amen. Amazing. Well, Viv, welcome for the second time to Work Friends. The third. The, the third, third time. That's right. Oh, yes. Sure. Yeah, it is. Not yeah. that I'm counting. Obviously, I am. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> I think that makes you like the, the guest we've had on the most. Wow. Yeah. The I'm not sure ours. if that means I just need a lot of redos or if it means that I have anything to share. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it speaks <laughs> to you your decide. wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Edit as necessary. <laughs> oh, well, I'm super excited for this conversation. But to start off, we have some new, like, fun fact icebreaker questions Ooh. for you that we're going to put you on the spot for. Bring it on. So what is your current favorite food? Bread is just such a good thing, unless you're gluten-free. <laughs> but I just, um, we have this bakery, and they have this good bread. And I want to tell you a bread secret. If you, if you have a baguette or any kind of real bread, that means bread that is not coming in a long, skinny bag that's already pre-sliced, um, and it's getting kind of old, do you know what to do with it? Make bread salad? Run it under, yeah, you can make it into, you can run it under water. Turn on the tap, run the whole loaf of, it's crusty bread. Run it under water and then it's soggy and then you just put it in the oven and then it gets new and crusty all over again. It's amazing. I have really? This is, this is like a little cooking show podcast yes. now, right? That's <laughs> such a fun fact. So. Mm. Wow, I'm going to do I that. I know, yeah. Don't you know. use that trick with sliced bread. It will not work. <laughs> <laughs> amazing bread so good um so bread recently so bread recently <laughs> love it um what is your current favorite music or artist or song right now my brain cannot handle lyrics a whole lot there's already a lot of words bouncing around in my head as we will get to later in the podcast to discuss so usually instrumental music um, works best to not kind of throw me off what I'm trying to do. I don't often listen to music when I'm doing other things at the same time, unless it's an extremely low caliber task that will not throw me off, but I can't like write emails and listen to music at the same time. That doesn't happen. So no, like no lyrics, um, but not classical music so much. Usually sort of kind of like, like I always say it's like lo-fi, but then people say it's low-fee. I'm like, is it low-fee or lo-fi? Whatever, that's what Spotify says. You see, you can laugh yeah. at me. I just press that button and it's like instrumental calmness. Boom. Yeah, I like that too. Mm. What has been life-giving for you lately? God? Is that a, am I allowed to say that answer? I, yeah, I think you can. <laughs> you are allowed to. <laughs> okay, I was like, all that I know is that recently I've been feeling more desperate about needing God. And it's partly because of the events that are going on in my life. Like my brother has been in the hospital for a month now and he had open heart surgery and I just, and you feel very powerless in moments like that. And so, um, I've just been, I, I was talking to Karen Bott the other day cause I, she asked me to lead one of the virtual retreats for her, which is always plenty of fun, but I notice I'm at this really sensitive place in my life. So then what happens is. I just noticed that I'm like, there's the tears are just one step closer to happening all the time. Like anything, like, you know, seeing something beautiful or a conversation or a walk or anything. I'm just like, oh, I'm just feeling really emotional. Um, and so it's kind of beautiful because I said to Karen, you know, as much as part of me wants to tap out and be like, I can't do this retreat right now because I'm feeling really, you know, weak and fragile. Sometimes the most beautiful stuff comes when I go through with it 
And I just am like, God, I like actually need you so much right now. Um, in like a very practical way, not like a, Oh, like happy feelings. I'm having a bummer day. It's like, I need you to like fix real problems in my life. So Mm. ah, I think that's, that's an actual really great thing. And, uh, I think when we think about that verse in James that says, you know, count it all joy when you encounter trials of many kinds, maybe I'm getting a teeny tiny mini pre version of that in my life where I'm realizing like when really tough stuff comes, I'm like, just running back under the wings of the big, the big hen, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So God, I'm going to keep that as my answer. Mm -hmm. I think we can end our podcast conversation there. No, (laughs) we'll keep going, but that is, yes, keep going. There's more, but yes. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Um, what is your most favorite part about this season that we're in right now? Okay, I thought you meant the season of the podcast. And I was like, okay, the theme. I think it's spiritual disciplines. Then I was like, no, you mean like fall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a good clarifying, clarifying. We are in a season, lots of seasons all at once. You know, I think it's really encouraging to see that death is beautiful. When we see all the colors, what we're basically seeing is the trees releasing their leaves and letting go. And like basically surrendering their source of food. Like they use these little soft, floppy solar panels to store up all the sugar in their bodies. And then they're like, okay, I'm going to let all the solar panels fall off and I'm going to go to sleep. And when I wake up, I'm going to trust that my body will be able to grow new solar panel leaves. And then it does. So (laughs) what we get to see is this wonderful yielding of power where they're like giving up everything that brings them energy. And it's just amazing. It's so wonderful that all that chlorophyll as it's, you know, passing away all the colors underneath are revealed. I love the colorful leaves. I love it. Mm. And Thanksgiving. So, and <laughs> lots of good food. Yes. Mm. Amazing. Well, aside from those fun little current favorites, um, for people who may not have listened to our previous conversations, just tell us about yourself and what life looks like for you right now. I mean, what life looks like to an outsider looking at me versus me looking at me is a very different thing. I have no idea. I probably look like a, a wild baboon running around in the forest to everybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm always up to maybe one thing more than I should be, and I'm trying to cut that down. But what it feels like to be me is a different thing. And that's the, I mean, I don't, I really don't know what other people see. I have no clue. But I know that being me feels like um, taking care of twins. There's a lot. It feels like (laughs) a big portion. I have a lot of ideas. They move really fast. And uh, I don't always know how to manage the energy that exists inside me. And I'm calling out to God, like for parenting skills. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Um, (laughs) Maybe just observing me a little. You're like, yeah, we get that. And those of you that are like listening to the podcast and know me are like smirking and laughing and being like, yeah, at least you realize that Viv. We see that too. And maybe what people see is exactly the same as what I'm experiencing. So I don't know. Um, But what I do when I'm not recording podcasts, which is most of the time, (laughs) um, is I live in eastern Ontario. I am part of the National Youth for Christ team, and I have a lot of fun listening to people's stories and being part of spiritual formation groups with them. And uh, we have an exciting new project that we're, we're launching a book club in partnership with Renovare, so people will hear more about that. Very excited to gather people from different chapters to interconnect and encourage each other in their spiritual growth. Because one thing we realize is just because we're pouring out to people doesn't mean we're actually replenishing our own lives. And then we end up in a deficit situation, also known as spiritual bankruptcy. Not good. So I get to do that with the national team, and that's really fun. Um, uh, My full-time job outside of Youth for Christ is running a motel. Uh, So I sit at home and get to welcome guests to my motel. It's kind of like a little TV show a lot of the time, some of the stuff. I believe it. Oh, I don't know if you do, but if you were there, you (laughs) would. Yeah. So um, it's a very humbling and good job for me to keep me grounded. Um, But I'm 
embarking on a new adventure, which is um, a big house that my mom and I co-bought. And it will be a small retreat house for people starting next year. So extremely excited about transitioning into that. So, mm. And then I eat bread. That's also part of my day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the, the reason why we wanted to have you back on. Do for- tell. A third time is because we know that all things spiritual practices is like your your love and your passion. I feel like that that's I feel like that's fair to say. Yeah, she's nodding. You can't see, but she's yes. like, okay, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. like I'm like a a kindergarten child in a in a sandbox. I'm not telling you I can do anything in there, but I'm enjoying it. Yes. I, I, I can't make a good castle. I can't teach you anything. But if you want to come into the sandbox, we can throw sand around together. It'll be wonderful. So I'm not a guru or anything. I just I just love being in the sand. So let's do that together. And you know what? That's actually such a great picture because when okay. Jen and I talked about doing spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines or mm-hmm. Whatever we are calling them, rhythms of grace um, yes. that we're doing. Like the whole sort of picture we had for it was an invitation. This isn't like a come mm. learn how to be a spiritual Christian. It's like let's invite you into experiencing other people how to draw into deeper relationship mm-hmm. with God, and here's yes. a bunch of ways you can do it. So yes. yeah, today um, our sandbox experiment exploration uh, is going to be talking about silence and solitude. Mm. Um, so. Uh, how would you kind of just define overview sort of the spiritual practice or discipline of silence and solitude? Well, you need to go somewhere where there's no people (laughs) and then you need to shut up and then the fun starts happening and you realize inside of me, there's a gazillion million people that are all trying to get my attention. So it's quite it's quite an adventure. So uh, there's not a secret to it. There's actually just doing it, which is going away from all the things that grab your attention. Uh, it's not, it's not, uh, none of the practices, no spiritual disciplines. I think we, we may have talked about spiritual disciplines before, but what I consider, what I like to think of it as is a little wire that you wrap around a branch of a bonsai tree to help shape it. So you're like, oh, the branch is going this way and I want it to go this way. So I'm going to gently just wrap the wire around and kind of hold it in this position. And then once it stays in that position, I can take the wire off. So for any kind of shaping of our lives, we sort of put a cast or put put ourselves into a place where maybe we wouldn't normally spend all of our time. But then when we come out of that space, we are in a new shape. So the whole idea of silence and solitude is not you need to become a monk and stay there forever. But being in a space like that, you're like, okay, phew. (laughs) But being in a space like that, when you come out of it, shapes you so that you can move differently now. Um, What do you girls uh, have in your minds when you think of silence and solitude? My initial gut reaction, anytime I hear anyone talk about that, is just like, ugh, (laughs) like... (laughs) Which is terrible. It's so non, like, it, it, not like bad Christian of me, but kind of just like, this is like the kind of thing you're supposed to, to like learn to love. And I mm. am really, I feel like this came up in our last conversation. It did. Yes, it you did. You went to a cafe when you were leading a summer camp. Yeah, by myself. And you went on a little date with yourself and, and <laughs> you enjoyed it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, silence is not my typical go-to. Like I'm the kind of person who like, I love music. So I got music going in the background when I'm washing the dishes. I play a podcast usually in the morning while I get ready for my day. I, I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm a, a full lots going on Mm -hmm. type person. Mm -hmm. And actually I, for Arrow, we did like Enneagram personality testing and I met with like a therapist um as part of that and she was like I really really encourage you to like practice silence and she's like if you have to sit outside to do that so that your other senses are like subconsciously stimulated like that's okay that might help you but she was like I really really think this would be good for you so I'm 
So you Slowly rushed into a like a full-hearted response, <laughs> and we're doing this podcast. So you're you're so good. Hmm? You girls are laughing. That means no, you're not. You're not doing that. <laughs> I I try to practice some moments of quiet, and I can yes. I can set aside myself for quiet time. Yeah. But it's the actual silence and solitude of all yeah. the things that yeah. is harder mm-hmm. for me. So we're working on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, too, I just get squirmy. Like, uh, also very interesting from meeting with this therapist for Arrow is that I am not good at relaxing. And she she encouraged me to do things like artistic things. So, like, Ah. painting, whatever. Mm. And I said, yeah, I thought about getting one of those, like, number painting like yeah, paint by number, paint by number. Yeah. and she said I thought that was a great idea you know sure. relax she's like what if you were just to get a blank piece of paper and I'm like that feels unproductive to me mm. <laughs> and I'm like oh and I think sometimes especially in seasons where it's really busy or I'm feeling really stretched that I know that silence and solitude is good for me but I think deep down I think that it's quote-unquote unproductive time and it's really hard for me to just even though yes. I've had yes. beautiful moments in silence and solitude. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I have this thing where when I was a kid, I didn't like to have a bath. I just, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I never wanted to get in the bath. I didn't like to be wet. Wet means cold. And then soap on my face. And, ooh. But then when I get in the bath, guess what? I'm like having a blast. I'm just enjoying it. And I'm like, this is so much fun. Then they're like, time to get out. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then it's like. Then it happens, you know, a couple days later again. No, I don't want to have a bath. And I'm in the bath and I'm like, I don't want to get out. It's like there's this strange, you know, I think Paul talks about that when he's saying, you know, the things I don't want to do, I do. And, you know, it's like there's mm. there certain things like in a sense that we are always running away from that are good for us. And then there's other things that aren't good for us. Like I'm constantly running towards large bags of chocolate almonds. I shouldn't be running towards them. I should be walking away. <laughs> so I think it's the same thing with silence and solitude is like, let's just think of it as a pendulum. We swing Mm. into a space of quietness to recover our souls. And then we swing out into community and we share and we are replenished differently. And there's momentum that one, like the lifting up on one side creates momentum to, to draw us into the other. We were never Mm. created to be entirely in solitude. We are neither created to be entirely social and communal all the time. So we have to be careful that we, we all have a tendency to lean more to one or the other and to do them both we need to do them well, both. So we can't dwell over in here. It's like being on a swing, you know, when they pull you back and then let you go. So there's that momentum of we need to have space to recollect ourselves and we need to have time to be in community and community fuels us to be alone and et cetera. And it goes back and forth. So I think there's something beautiful and challenging about it. And the fact that we all feel that, that, that tension shows that there's something there and we can't just ignore it, you know, mm. like, and that we've experienced life in it. And yet then we're like, but I, I don't know how to do it. Well, it is a practice just like Jen, you're a volleyball coach. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, I'm sorry that I'm tall and I have long fingers and I don't play volleyball. <laughs> Look you know at what? these fingers. Like I feel bad that these fingers, <laughs> but you know what it is? Becoming a volleyball player isn't just about me having long fingers. You Mm. probably have shorter fingers than me, and you're better at volleyball. (laughs) So it's a practice. It's a you are a coach because you've trained yourself, and now you can train other people. Mm. So it's not you. No one's just born a volleyball player. We all train, and so for all spiritual disciplines, we have to learn, and so we have to practice. And practicing means doing badly at it. So if you do badly, you're like, well, that's it. Silence isn't for me. Like, as you can tell, I'm a very social person. It's absolutely crushing sometimes to be alone. But something very wonderful opens up in that space that doesn't happen in any other space. So I need to keep practicing it, even though I'm just sort of a child in the sandbox and I can't get the castle to work right now. I'm going to keep trying it, you know? So good. I, I so appreciate... 
I so appreciate your ability to take, and Jesus did this so well, obviously, right? Like taking everyday, just like normal things that you do, like taking a bath as a kid and it really being a picture of what it's like to, yeah, to wrestle with this, right? Not even just with silence and solitude, but with a lot of good things, good Mm. but hard things. So Mm. I just so appreciate that because... Yeah, there's so much grace in it. And the more that I continue to live on this earth and the more times I talk to people who are older than me, it is a lifelong invitation to continue to play in the same sandbox, like you said. Um, Yeah, thank you. Where do you see this in scripture? Well, that's a great question. Let's just first say that the Old Testament happened over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and we could read through it in, I don't know, 30 hours or something if you read the Bible straight. To go, you know, we're reading like these people that lived hundreds of years. Like the average lifespan now is what? Like 80, 90, 100? These people lived like 500 years. So there was like, the story was happening a lot slower. (laughs) And there was a lot more like walking here okay well there was no headphones Mm. there was a lot of silence just getting from one place to the other there was no podcasts while you were out in the garden working (laughs) everything was by hand you think about even just a hundred years ago people like not having washing machines and all this kind of stuff and going people just everything was by hand and there's something about that that's just very reflective so That's just a given. Then you also have all these people going out in the desert at multiple different places where folks were just like, I'm going to head up the mountain now to hear from God. I'm going to, you know, wait up there till he says something to me all the time. Elijah's out in a cave, you know, people are just, oh, and did I tell you I went to Israel this summer? I saw that you did. (laughs) I knew you did, but I didn't hear. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on Mount Carmel. I'm on Mount Carmel. By the way, Mount Carmel, it doesn't look like the Rockies in BC. It's like a (laughs) hill. Just to debunk all cool spirituality. It's not like this craggy, cool, you know, there's no snow on the top. And then you can just imagine, you know, people on top of this mountain and and, and the the Baal worshippers dancing around and all this stuff. Anyway, side note, just saying there's a lot of time that people went off on their own to pray. And Jesus obviously did that too. He was often interrupted from it. But that's why he said to the disciples, you guys go on ahead. I'm going to go up on the mountain. And then he walked across on the water later because he just needed a little quiet time. And he said, well, I guess I'll just walk on the water later to get back. So (laughs) definitely... The silence and the solitude just built into culture at that time. Just totally normal for everybody. We don't, they didn't have to say it because it was just the way everyone was living. But I do have a few verses that are my favorites. And one, and these are like, if, uh, this is actually my um, verse that's my, one of my business, like built, building this whole ministry model of this retreat center. And it says, in returning and rest, you shall be saved in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. So we're like talking about, okay, like leadership, everybody get amazing. What's the secret to your strength? What is, how do you get like rescued from really deep things? You're like, well, quietness. You're like, not like power reading books at 1.5 speed, not, you know, like getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning and going to the gym. Or I know some of you do that power listening. We'll get there. Baby <laughs> steps. Ainsley's called out. <laughs> it's not fair that you can silent laugh because I want people to know. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Spotlight of shame on you right now. <laughs> <laughs> According to Isaiah 30 verse 15, it seems like the secret to strength is quietness and trust and the secret to salvation is returning and rest. Believe me, the first 30 years of my life were not built on that model. Huh. So luckily God decided he would step in and teach me more of his ways. The other verse that I've really enjoyed is in Hosea, which that's a radical place to hang out. If you know a little bit about Hosea, God's like 
do you mind if I use like your whole life, like even your sexual life as kind of a prophetic model? And he's like, okay. And he's like, yeah, marry the prostitute. What? Crazy stuff. So this is talking about making your whole life available to God's message. Mm -hmm. But here we have um, kind of the heart of God oozing through a human in such a way that we cannot ignore it. And so in Hosea 2.14, it says, Therefore, I will now allure her and bring her into the wilderness. This is the place God consistently is just like when there's a problem, he's like, bring people to the wilderness. Mm-hmm. When, you know, it's just, it's his thing. It's his retreat space, right? Um, and speak tenderly to her. So the verse says, therefore, I will now allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. So I think sometimes God needs to get our attention by getting us out of our familiar spaces and into a space that's a little bit barren, not a lot of stimulus, not a lot of excitement going on because he needs to get our attention and he needs to remove all the other stuff so that he can get our attention because the fact is we pack a whole lot of stuff into 24 hours like we've never done before on earth. It's amazing and it's scary. Yeah, it is. uh, I mean, Jen's fave book probably ever is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And um, he talks about this idea of like people, and I'm always struck by this and I probably sound repetitive because I've said this to you before of like, People used to wake up when the sun came up and they went to bed when the sun went down because they did not have lights that literally, well, you think about even just, we have lights that our brain can't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And they like prevent us from doing the thing we need to do, which is sleep. Like it's so hard to like fathom just how how much we were like really designed to be this way and we've gotten so far from all of that and so yeah it's even like a picture as you talk about the wilderness like you know what does it look like to be drawn into the wilderness in 2022 in whatever context you're in like we have to really fight for it almost write that question down Mm. you can ask that later (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one and it's true is challenge in our world is that we have become so self-sufficient economically and whatnot that you know we don't actually need god a lot sometimes the way we've we've built our world we're like we're good we got it so that's a dangerous space when we perceive ourselves as not like we don't really depend on him for rain or harvest because we just import stuff from everywhere we don't really depend on him for the weather because we just have cars that have glass shields to keep the rain out and we just kind of are good. We're pretty good. We might need a little emotional support here and there, but we also have psychotherapists and counselors and massage therapists and all these people. So the challenge is, what is a wilderness for us these days? Because we still have these deep spaces within us that need to meet with God. And so I think sometimes we have to actually remove ourselves from all this in a very active way to get away and realize that God is trying to get our attention. So yeah, those are my, those are my Bible backups to say that I'm not just imagining that God wants us to have silence. (laughs) Um, Can I just ask when you girls were deciding the different, uh, you called them rhythms of grace that you wanted to explore, what made you decide to pick silence and solitude as one of those? (laughs) That's a good question. I think because for me personally, I won't speak for Ainsley, it is freaking hard and it's really uh hmm it's just really easy to skip over it and to well exactly what we were talking about to carry on because we're good you know mm-hmm. we're good mm-hmm. and i think uh yeah there's so much grabbing our attention that there is true gifts and treasure found in silence and solitude especially when we feel like kind of squirrely and squirmy and and all of those things that there's a real gift and invitation and we see it in scripture like you said um it's not it's not part of our day or part of a a part of our culture anymore true so i didn't i didn't know why you girls had asked me to talk about this because i i do not feel that i am actually very good at this at all i just know my desperate need for it. Mm. I, I am, I am not a silent person by nature. 
I'm not an anti, I'm not an introverted person naturally. So this is a very foreign, but I think that's something, you know, Ainsley, you were talking about how your Enneagram coach person, they're probably trying to counterbalance, like, because you're this personality, this type of thing will kind of draw you back into being more central, whereas someone else would need a different practice. So God has a wonderful sense of humor, not to mock (laughs) us, but because he's just, he's just so lighthearted. He is lighthearted. He's not heavy about anything. And so he actually knows how to draw our best self out by, it's kind of like, I think of it as a, as a circle dance and he's trying to call us through the middle. And so he's like calling all of us to cross over to the other side of life, right? So the people that are a little bit uptight need to relax and the people that are a bit too relaxed need to get a little bit more organized. So maybe that's why the color by numbers, you know, that's a good step for some people. It's okay, go with it. And then after a while, you'll, you know, be able to come around to just free flowing or whatever. Um, But for me in my life, I don't know if I had mentioned that I took a sabbatical and it's going to be seven years ago now that I was working full time with YFC and I took a sabbatical and it was the most, um, radical thing I had ever done with my life up until that point. So did I mention that before to you? I don't know. Okay. So what happened was I was going for a run one day. I, I, I really packed a lot into my life. And so I think that going for a jog or sleeping were probably the only two times that God had my attention. And something happened. I still remember where I was on the road. Something happened that drew my attention to, hey, I've been working for Youth for Christ for seven years. I've heard of that thing called sabbatical. I, I should take a rest. I think I'm going to burn out if I don't take a rest. I think I was probably already like semi burnt out at that point. I was totally maxed out. Mm -hmm. And so in my Viv way, you know, it's like if someone gives me a message, you know, I want to like take that and just do it like the most extreme version, you know, like Ainsley's listening to her podcast, like (laughs) as fast as she can. She's like, I want to get it into me. So I really wanted to, if I'm going to do rest, I'm going to do sabbatical. I'm going to do like the most intense version of rest, right? So you, you can only guess what I decided would be the most appropriate way to spend my <laughs> sabbatical. I went to France and I stayed with monks and nuns in monasteries. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. It was really hard. Because no, it. <laughs> it was just like, claustrophobia of silence like I don't know if you if anybody if you've ever experienced any sort of claustrophobia with darkness or being underwater or something like that but it feels like silence is actually a physical presence and it's actually like kind of pushing in on your being Mm. so I decided to start I was very spiritual in how I found the monasteries. I decided I wanted to be close to water. So I just like zoomed around the Google map looking for monasteries. And then I just sent them all emails and was like, Hey, can I come stay with you? And then I started filling up the calendar. And so I, I, and then my mom heard I was doing this and she, she wanted to participate in it also like all good mothers want to do. (laughs) And I was like, mom, I have to do this alone. This is like extreme. And like, I need to be away from everything. Um, and so she said, well, could we do something like for part of the time? So then she knew that I love scuba diving, but I'd only like, I'd never been certified. I just went one time. And she said, what about if you came and we got, and you got scuba certified somewhere for the last month? So I spent two months in, uh, Europe going to, um, different prayer conferences and spending time in different monastic communities. And then I spent one month in Guadeloupe, which is in the Caribbean. And I learned to scuba dive, which I thought was going to be so unspiritual, but it was actually the most incredible space where God spoke to me. So I thought I would, um, read to you a little excerpt from, I wrote excessively. That was one of the disciplines when I was in silence and solitude out on this time. This is the journal. I'm sorry that the rest of you can't see this, this journal, this thick, this is all handwritten. Wow. That's a lot of pain. I'm telling you, anyone who's an author and anyone who writes, I have mad respect for you. Huge respect because I know it is the amount of work it takes to articulate thought, but you know what? You can't get to those kinds of thoughts if you don't take time and sit in silence. 
So I'll read you my little, on the day I'm, I'm getting ready to go. It says, waiting at the terminal to leave. Not sure if I'm supposed to be having any certain specific feelings, but I don't think I am. <laughs> Maybe just numbness, too muchness, feeling pressure to have a really amazing time, which I know I will. Still, for so long, I've just been going, 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 becoming numb, like hypothermia, losing sensation in my extremities. But now there's a flame, a flickering, feeble flame, and I am giving myself permission to approach the light. I suspect the flame isn't that little, and I'm the one who's far away. I want to be open to the experiences of joy, suffering, fear, and love. Risk loss and foolishness for the sake of the pearl of great price. There is no agenda but yours. You hold time in your hands and me. So it's scary. There's a lot of fear going into that kind of silence. Yeah. Was there a time in that, like, because you said it was, like, claustrophobic at first. Was there, like, what was it like to, or did you become more comfortable with that or have this point where you're like, wow, this is good? It's like free falling down into a big tunnel. Like, you know, and I don't mean just, I don't mean just going on a big, like, an extreme amount of silence like I took those two months to do. But any time you put down... Um, the things that you're familiar with that are sort of like your, you know, when you're a baby, you have like a little baby blanket and you like, like to have that little comforting thing. When you put down your little comfort blanket, you just, you need a fidget, you need something. And there's that whole, just how do I sit here and let silence be and let myself be in silence. Mm -hmm. Then you discover there's a lot of fears. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of thoughts and then it's like when you're sinking down, you just sink past all of them and you just keep going down. And then you get down to places where the real questions are. Who am I really? What is it that makes me me? What makes people love me? Am I lovable if I don't have those things? And you just keep sinking down and down and down. And then you, you, you reach something that's like the palm of God catching you after you've gone through all these things that you had to get through to get to that place and that happens every time you have a quiet time I think in a small way you're sort of like getting busy and trying to get settled and then you know starting to journal something sitting with a scripture taking time to pray and then getting to like that's what it was you know that's what I really came for you know Mm, yeah and so now, how does that look for you, obviously, because that was like the extreme end of things, and I'm assuming this was maybe a bit of a turning point for your life in some ways, um, for sure, your spiritual life. How did that translate into like what practicing this looks like now in your everyday life? Like, I know, like you said, you just got to do it, but um, it's just being by yourself, but what does that look like for you? Well, funny enough, so... Sometimes I think as humans, we sort of go into like extreme versions of things to think like, I'll just get this out of my system. But like, Jen, what you realize about like volleyball is like, you can't have like a really good practice and then not practice for two weeks. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Recipe for a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? So I think it's, it's like that for all of us. It's like, we sort of have these strange ideas that we could double, double down on the practice and then skip it, you know? Right. Yes. So I think it's how do we build reasonably in our daily life, um, in our weekly life, patterns that give me a little space to exhale and, and, and recognizing, like, I think I'm an addict. I think I'm an addict for busyness, for places where I feel comfortable, for places where I feel that I'm in control. And because I'm an addict, I want to stuff myself full of those types of experiences. So it's like, I need to be lovingly dealt with by God as someone that he like just cuts me off from some of those things. And I need to listen and go, yeah, I can't pack my schedule that tight. I can't do all that. And, and then it's awkward and it's uncomfortable. It is not intuitive, but now I'm in this space. And COVID was a wonderful, we talked about this last time, I think, 
with Julian of COVID being this wonderful invitation, if we choose to see it that way, of just less, like the, the ruthless elimination of hurry, like you said, Jen. So that's significant is the, the, the time that I was working from home at the motel, I had two days a week off where I couldn't go visit any friends because nobody wanted to see anybody. And I just would go for long. I would just literally get in my car with a packed lunch and say, God, where are we going today? And I would just drive, walk on a trail, wander. And it was just an extension of time that was like, there's no agenda here, God. If you want to show me something, then show me. And if you just want to be with me, be with me. I don't need you to answer a big question of mine. I just want to make myself available. And that's really scary because we realize that we actually aren't really sure if God really likes us. You know? Like if I'm not funny or cute or smart or athletic or this or that, does he even like me? Would he want to be with me if I'm not entertaining? Those are scary questions I think we all ask in one form or another. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I think you're saying things that I've been thinking for over the last several weeks. <laughs> oh. So I'm just sitting here. Oh. Hmm. And again, this therapist that I sat with for Arrow, she literally said, she ended her time and she said, Jen, I think it would be really helpful for you to ask this question. If I, if I didn't need to be helpful, who mm. would I be free to be? And I'm like, mm. number one, I wanted to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's the same, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, if I wasn't doing all of these things, if I wasn't working at YFC, if I wasn't whatever, like, yeah, exactly what you said there. So I think you just really nailed things that I've already been thinking about outside of this conversation. Yeah, who am I essentially in my core being if I'm not all the things I'm doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's just like, think of when you were a little egg in your mom, just a little couple of cells, a little bundle of cells, the amount that God loved you was the same as now, mm. which is infinite. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, infinity plus or minus a little doesn't exist. It's not a math equation. So we're like, we are made of love. We are infinitely loved. And now we just get to discover that. We don't have to prove it, earn it, deserve it, or keep it. It's not like being crowned, you know, captain of the team where you can lose it at any moment if you don't keep up. What we realize is I'm actually just really loved. But mm. if each mm. of us needs to climb that mountain on a different path. Each of us needs to find that path, and, and it's unique questions for us of, what if this? What if that? What if I wasn't this? What if I wasn't that? What about that time I failed? What about that time I failed? And then he's like, yeah, I would still love you. And you're like, yeah, but what about that? Yeah, I, yeah, I still love you. Okay, but, but that time, I mean, that was really bad. Like, I think we discussed this already, Viv. I still love you. You're like, okay, I just wanted to check. And, and so there's a process of silence uh, is the vacuum that makes those deep questions come up from the surface. Mm. Now you really need to get out your art and do some artwork. <laughs> now I need to cancel my order for a paint by number. No. <laughs> I say mm. just go with the paint by number. Start Here's what I think. The grace of God, when you want to think about the gift, grace is just a gift. It's a free gift, undeserved. The grace of God is like a ramp. It's not steps. It's accessible to everyone, no matter where you are. That's what Jesus mm. was talking about on the Sermon mm. on the Mount. He was saying, even the people that are poor, even the people that are hurting, even the people that are mismanaging their lives, even the people that are... Even to them, a blessed life is close by. So he's trying to say, don't wait until you get mature enough. Just get on the grace wagon now. So start with the paint by number. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> if that's all you can do, do it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. I think even uh, myself, as I try to like think about what does it 
mean to practice these things better and 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 to try out the things that are maybe more difficult for me um and 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 that whole thing and just being open to letting god work with it like mm-hmm. um i think for myself where i probably more struggled with this is like the um level of expectation that i had that there would be some type of experience when i met with god and if yes. i didn't have that then yes. it was like well what's wrong with me then right. I, didn't, I didn't do it right or there's something wrong with me or and i i so you know you kind of ask these different questions a question that i've had to ask is like if i don't feel you here like do i still love you do you mm. still love me if i'm here and i'm just here and it's not anything special there's no bells and whistles or shivers or voices or anything i'm just still is that okay and it took a long time to be okay the two of you girls hanging out and being best friends and just thinking like do you put on makeup to go hang out together do you like do you do you always have like oh let's let's create some little icebreaker questions to ease our conversation (laughs) no you just you sometimes you probably just sit in the car together and drive for a long time and don't say anything Mm. And then we know you really care about each other. Mm. So, you know, really being friends with a person is very similar to really being friends with God. Mm. We really, they know that they know us. They know what we're really like. And they've decided not to give up on us. So we can, we can believe weird lies about why it is that they haven't given up on us. But the fact is they really just love us. So mm. once we come to that realization with friends, then we can start to realize that maybe it could be that way with a, with a perfect God. And, and so there's a little glimpse of that, even in the two of your friendship, how you can be at ease with each other and be real and not have to prove anything to each other. And, and God has never needed us to prove he's been, he has x-ray vision. He can see right through time and space, right through our bodies, right through our thoughts. And, and he's still like, yes, I choose you. Yes. He goes, you didn't choose me. I chose who? Brainwave. Boom. You didn't choose me. You think you did. You know, oh, when did you decide to follow Jesus? Yes, you you did choose, but he chose you first. Mm. So everything we think is us reaching out to God is just a response to him having reached out to us first. And once we start realizing that, we can settle into the silence and go like, God isn't actually waiting to have a moment with me to reprimand me and to tell me he's disappointed with me. He just wants to be with me. Yeah, there's stuff that needs to change. Sure. But does this throw him off? No. So, yeah, I love what you're talking about, Ainsley. This whole idea of I'm unsure if nothing happens, if maybe I don't love him enough or something. Or maybe he's just having a silent moment in the car with you. And isn't that the sign of, like, the greatest friendships when you know, like, we can just be... Mm. Yeah. It's, it, it's our own strange, twisted perceptions um, that keep us away from some of the most beautiful spaces with God, right? And that's and silence is one of those spaces, very misunderstood in our culture, mm-hmm. usually shamed. If someone's alone, what's wrong with them? If someone's not talking, they're not smart. They don't have anything funny to say. You know, so those things are not esteemed in our culture. Whoever, you know, as a kid, I was the person that like always stepped in first, always talked first, always had smart things to say. And that was always praised. Like, yay, Viv, you're, you take initiative. But now it's like, maybe that wasn't actually so awesome after mm. all. You know, or there's more than that. There's not just that in life, right? Yeah, I think there's just a lot of things sinking in here. This is good. Again, I think I said this in our last conversation. I'm going to have to re-listen to this. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, it's so good. And I love the way that you like in it, like kind of reframe that like silence and solitude can really be seen as a really scary thing because it literally just is you're removing yourself from the busyness and noise and people to be with God. And it really is just being with him. And what a gift that really is. I yeah, uh, yeah, I love it. Um, So for you, and you've talked a lot like, we've heard you talk about this, but I would just love to hear you share how God has formed you specifically through the practice of silence and solitude in this season of your life. As you've wrestled with it, as you've seen the gifts and the joys of it, how has he formed you? Sometimes I just view myself as God's little squishy. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm just his little blob of Play-Doh. And he just 
has fun. Just if you want to make me into a little pancake, make me into a pancake. If you want to shape me into a little stick, I'm just his little squishy. So I just like to think of myself being available to be played out into whatever. Sh- I don't even care what shape I'm shaped into. I'm just in his hands. Mm-hmm. I just want to be in his hands. That's all. Make me into whatever you want. You want to make me into a little figurine or some little cone or plug me plug a hole in the wall with me just whatever I don't really care it's just getting to be is exciting so Mm. I think that is just me getting softened like you said Jen that you felt like you maybe needed to relax a bit more like I take my life quite seriously like I have fun with it but it's a serious fun um, and so I think that the, the the intensity at which I take life you know just to kind of be like available for a detour, available for the long way, available for something I don't understand to unfold, available for a conversation that doesn't necessarily have, you know, any kind of output. Like when you're a youth worker, you always want to be like having meaningful conversations where you're like moving people forward. And sometimes you're just like, I don't know if that was meaningful at all, but okay. It happened. So I think taking all those elements and going to God with those and going, you know, God, if nothing else, I'm yours. If nothing else works, I did it all for you. I I don't know what the fruit of it is, but I just did it for you. So I think Mm. silence has freed me from having to always be performing. I'm Enneagram 3, I confess it. (laughs) So I love achieving things. And Silence doesn't achieve anything directly, but it achieves things indirectly. It creates the kind of space where different types of conversations can happen with people. It creates the kind of space where I notice things I wouldn't have noticed otherwise. Like, for example, if you go on a walk with a friend, you don't notice a quarter of the things on the walk than if you go for a walk alone. Try it. Just go Mm. for a walk with a friend, and then the next day, go for the same walk all by yourself. No music, no nothing, just eyes open. Notice what's crisping under your feet. Notice the smells. What do you feel? What's happening in the air around you? How does the light feel when it's hitting my skin? All these things were happening to you when you were on the walk with a friend, but you were mostly just talking and having, having you know time together. So there's a certain amount of receptivity and openness that's cultivated in us that silence does for us. Mm. with God where he creates kind of like extra sensors where now I go into the world and I notice pain I notice I we have a different depth of availability to others and to God because we we don't need to always be filling the space Mm. and being his squishy (laughs) (laughs) I love that Mm. as you have journeyed and learned and yeah, sat with him. What have been some helpful resources that you that have really helped your own journey that you'd recommend to other people as they maybe some people are listening to this conversation and they're hearing about silence and solitude for the first time and they're like, what in the world? Or there's other people who are really curious and really want to sink their teeth into this a little bit more. What resources or even just practices within practicing silence and solitude have you found really helpful? You know, I think just don't complicate things. You don't need a special journal or... I find I read less scripture than I ever used to. I just like read the one verse and then I'm like, I think I'll look at that verse again. I think I'll play that on repeat on my Dwell app for half an hour. So I just go for a walk and listen to one verse on repeat. And I'm like, I'm so a geek, but I honestly don't even get the verse yet. I still need to stay with that. Mm. Like, so I think just like really like simmering it down to like kindergarten level and just being present to like really basic stuff and being okay with that. Like try, if you're having silence, just try not moving, try sitting in a chair and just consciously relaxing all the different parts of your muscles Try breathing more slowly. Try having one verse that you just breathe with for as long as you can until your mind wanders. And then you have, to be, you have to think, you are a baby and you're just trying to get Cheerios into your mouth. This is what I kind of think of when I, when I, I envision me with silence. I think of God. He puts me in the high chair. And then you know what he does? He locks that tray in around me. Because you know what? 
I'm a squirmer. <laughs> Got the tray, and then guess what? One Cheerio. One Cheerio. And then my little hands are trying to grab that Cheerio, and they're not working. My fingers don't work. And then it's like I'm just trying to get my fingers to my mouth, and I can barely do that. So we just have to think very simple. If one verse, don't move, breathe. Mm. That could be a really good start. Or if you're really an... I also have sometimes when I go out and I pray a prayer walk in the evening when my day is over and I have a simple thing to keep me on track for what I'm praying, some beads that just keep me on. What am I praying now? Oh yeah, this bead is the Lord's Prayer. This bead is Psalm 23. Okay. Uh, What am I doing now? I'm praying Psalm 23. Um, I sometimes pray it out loud because otherwise I lose track of where I am because Mm. I just rabbit trail all the squirrels around, you know. So I would say don't think that simple is, is, is a bad place and try to just stay with a very simple practice. Um, even if you have to put a timer on to make yourself stay for five minutes sitting, do it. But um, the scripture is, is a rich, rich meditative place of just the this, this smallest psalm or a word that Jesus said, even a question what do you want me to do for you? And you just go, what do I want him to do? What do I want him to do? What? That's a great hour-long thought. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk. So, so I think getting outdoors is really great for me. It helps a lot um, because a house is a man-made space. It's surrounded by stuff we like, but um, outdoors is a God-made space. So now we are covered with all these hints and clues of what our God is like. So I think that's key, um, is getting away from distractions and, and that ruthless elimination of every distraction. Just you know, don't take your phone with you. And just start small. You don't have to go to France for two months with the monks. <laughs> that was maybe a bit much. <laughs> um, but I just want to say one more thing, because I said that at the end I went to scuba diving in Guadalupe and everything about scuba diving was very very prayerful for me because you can't breathe and talk at the same time Mm. so it's silence so all of a sudden you're breathing with your mouth and you're covered with liquid it's claustrophobic I've prayed like I never prayed before underwater and the prayer I always prayed was be still and know that I am God be still and know that I am God. And I just exhaled that. And I just would pray that for 45 minutes. So if you're a runner, you can breathe scripture. Um, Wherever there's silence in your day, it doesn't have to be extra silence put aside. There's time on your car ride that's silent. Just turn off the radio. There's lots of times where you have in the morning when I wake up every morning, I review Psalm 23 in my mind. I just imagine it different ways like a puzzle and I just put all the pieces together and I say it over different ways. Before my brain gets busy and my body gets busy, I just, God, you're with me. I am your silly little sheep and you love me. You lead me to good grassy places where I can lie down. You know, and just go from there. So you don't have to have this big, massive, amazing, you know, schedule. Just take it with you into the moments that already exist in your day and start with simple ones and then just try to stretch them a little bit. Mm-hmm. What do you think for you girls after hearing all this is something that you're going to take away or that you're feeling more inspired or I hope encouraged Mm -hmm. to give it another go? Where do you see a little invitation from God for you? I think for me, the grace piece. And I think as I continue to work on these things and sometimes feel like I'm failing at it, I'm just like, he's just there. He's like so gracious and like the not doing it the correct way. Um, But just being and just like, for myself, like, I think I just keep learning to find places for quiet. Like you said, even just the turning off the radio and turning off the podcast at 2x speed and all the things like just like for myself, like thinking of opportunities of like even just paying attention to like, oh, this is an opportunity where I don't need to have something in my ears. Like this is an opportunity where I can just breathe um, and just being 
gracious with myself in those things of when it does feel like my brain is scattered and also when it feels like this is just good and peaceful. It's not anything super, well, not, I don't want to say not supernatural, but just like it doesn't have to be anything dramatic and big. Mm. That's good. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. I would say the same thing, honestly. Like what you said, Viv, about um, there are already moments in our day that are quiet and that are silent. We just have to turn off the radio. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I thought of like two or three moments in my day. I have half an hour commute every day. I can turn off my music. Even, yeah, like there are those opportunities. And yeah, I really like what you said, Eans, about the grace piece of it too. That God just wants to be Mm -hmm. with us. And he wants us to know him. I think that invitation there is blowing my mind a little bit more than it has within the last few months. That the creator wants to know us and be known. It blows my mind. But yeah, I really appreciate the way that, yeah, just as you share about what works well for you and what you've done. And just, yeah, start small. It's really really an invitation to step into. I really love this idea to think that God's the initiator of all things. Mm -hmm. He's the creator and I'm the created. And so his initiating power, his wooing, his like that verse I read, let me draw you and allure you out to the wilderness and I will speak tenderly to you. Just to think like God is more interested in you than you ever could possibly be in him. And all our initiating to him is really just a response. And just to come to that place of just going, here I am, you know, like that's what Mary said when she found out that Jesus was going to be planted in her womb. Here I am, your maidservant. Let it be to me as you've said. Here I am. Do what you want. Make me into a squishy whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That's okay. So just to, to put ourselves in a space where there's no expectation of God, but there's an expectation. Like I always say this. I say, I have no idea what you're doing, God, but I totally know what you're doing. I have no clue what you're going to say, but I know you're saying something. I'm a a clueless person, but I know that there are clues. So just because I'm not picking up on things doesn't mean it's not happening. I just, I'm still just, just a baby in this all. And I'm just, I'm along for the ride. I'm available. And as I discover, I respond, but I am not the initiator of some magic spell to make stuff happen. I just get to be a recipient of the goodness of God and, and being a recipient makes me want to love him back. Mm. So just reframing that. So it's been a, yeah, uh, it, it is not a done journey. It's, I think I will be learning <laughs> eternally how to shut up and sit still in a good mm. way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's good news for all of us that none of these things can be nor should be figured out today. You know, as someone who likes to find the solution to whatever it is, it's not a solution. It's just a relationship with God. And I think that that seems very simple to say it that way of like, you're not going to figure it out today. But it's true. I think that, yeah, there's some beauty in the fact that we get to look back and see like, wow, you've done a lot. And yet we may not see that in a day like mm-hmm. it's it's a, a whole lifetime. Mm. God's not in a hurry. When he wants us Mm. to ruthlessly eliminate hurry, it's because he is not hurried. So Mm. he's like, I'm going to plan enough time to create everything and then have a day of rest. Could he have created more stuff? I'm sure. But the fact is that quietness and calmness is is just his nature. Mm. So we can't meet him where he isn't. And where he is, is a peaceful, calm unhurried self so when we're rushing around it's going to be hard to meet him because that's not him so I think yeah it's encouraging to know that we have like this community of people that we can practice together with we can fail together with and we can get up and we can continue to encourage each other that it is worth it and that we're not crazy because our culture seems to tell us it's crazy but to continue to unplug ourselves to continue to slow down and turn ourselves turn our sensors on to the Holy Spirit and how we're being invited into that is we need a community to help us do that too. Like that pendulum, right? We need mm-hmm. the community and the silence, right? Love that. Well, happy practicing. And <laughs> I'll have to have a, have the time where I get to host and I'll ask you girls all the questions and let you 
tell us about your experiences of the grace rhythms. It would be so mm. fun. Mm. Yes. Really good. Since you're just our recurring podcast person, then we'll just have to come have you back. You've earned your place as host. As a guest host. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Yeah, I would love to hear how the the rhythms of grace. I think of them as like waves on the shore. How they Mm. wash on us and and erode away at us and show us who we really are. So. Would love to hear about how all these practices are shaping you next time. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. we'll make it happen. All right, <laughs> fair enough. Babe. I'll bring the bread. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us as we practice rhythms of grace together. We would love to hear what God is teaching you through this season and the different practices whatever other reflections that you have. So share them with us on Instagram or Facebook at Just Work Friends, and we'll be back next Monday. So until then, toodaloo. Toodaloo. <laughs> Saying it slow does not work. Ew. No, Sorry, guys, doesn't. that you had to hear that. Have a happy time in silence and solitude. Ooh.